For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Mordcast. Before I get started, I'd like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th, and Blake and Wazee in beautiful Lower Downtown, Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Forest Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. They are always online at bfwdenver.com. Uh, you can go to bfwdenver.com, get yourself a bottle of that 2017 Cabernet, get yourself some of that Blake Street blend. They got whites, they got rosés. They got basically anything you need for your favorite local wine bar. They also got partnerships with Western Slope uh, wineries, so if you go into Blanchard Family Wines in the Dairy Block, uh, you can hook yourself up with some of that. It's all very, very good. They got you know, Colteris, uh, Storm Cellars, uh, Restoration, and many, many more that they can have you sample while you are down there. Get one of your their tasting flights. If you go to bfwdenver.com, you can sign up for a wine club. They got either Colorado or California wine club. Uh, you can also uh, do a de bottle delivery, um, which is uh, also very, very popular. Once again, they're located between 18th and 19th and Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. They are always online at bfwdenver.com. They are on Facebook and Instagram under Blanchard Family Wines. When you go in or you talk to them, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast sent you there. What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, uh, part of the CSG Network and part of the Mile High Sports Network. I'm, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Um, all right. Got an interesting uh, podcast today because the Nuggets fell on their faces against the uh, the Boston Celtics at home. Um, you know, I, th I think there is a uh, tendency to overreact to these things. And I just want to focus on a couple things that... Um, I think have been affecting this Nuggets team that really hasn't gotten, hasn't got into, we haven't, we haven't really broached this uh, when we have been talking about this team. And I think when I, I, I analyze the Nuggets losing these last two games, I come to the conclusion, you know, that this team is, only so good. Jokic can only raise the bar so much. Um, Porter and Murray being gone is affecting the team, um, which is obvious to everyone. But you can only deal with the team that you got, right? You, you, you can't wish you had another team. And where I have been struggling is where Michael Malone, the coach, has chosen to approach this and how he has chosen to approach this increasingly emotional in incidents as the season has gone on culminating last night when he the nuggets uh, starters were not tremendous and he chose to bench all of them and what is interesting to me is this nuggets team has struggled against good teams all year and this nuggets team was coming off a road trip three game road trip where they went 2 and 1 and uh, they gave away, largely due to poor decisions the coach made, uh, to the, uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. 
the game before. And I don't think the uh, benching of the entire starting unit was something that uh, is was either deserved or warranted in this case. Um, it is not unusual for a Nuggets team to come off the road and play with uh, less than 100% energy. Um, there is a there is a, an adjustment even for people who are in Denver from coming off the road to back home. This Nuggets team has done this in their entire the, the entire time I've been watching them, which is you know thirty five years now. Um, there is a consistency to it. There's a road trip, then coming back home, and that first game home back home is an adjustment for the Nuggets. And where I have been struggling is with Michael Malone's kind of not ability to understand it. You know, far be it from me to compare Michael Malone to George Carl. But one of the great things that George Carl did uh, was he kind of understood that games are not, in an 82-game season, games are not in a 82-game sense. This is a, each stretch is of its own. You know, there's, be it through home stretch, through scheduling ease, ease stretches, or anything like that. And he was very good at compartmentalizing the year. Now, George would emphasize on regular season wins, which I don't think is necessarily something you should do if you're a playoff team that is hell-bent on advancing in the playoffs. You can overcompensate for for regular season wins, and then you get into the playoffs and it becomes a different game, and you you struggle. Um, where Malone, I think, has 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 genuinely struggled with this is in a year where the Nuggets are missing two of their three best players in a year where the Nuggets have basically, if you really want to tell the truth, played over their heads, largely due to the, to the almost superhuman efforts of Nikola Jokic. Um, you can look at this team and say they have exceeded where they were supposed to be and they're a good, good team. Um, but there are issues that cannot be overcome. And it's due to where the Nuggets talent is right now. They don't have to, they are not top heavy. They've got Jokic and a bunch of guys who are, are, I mean, Aaron Gordon is probably the top of the heap of the, of the remaining role players the Nuggets got. And he is not as good as Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray. And the weirdness with Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray coming back has not uh, helped things. We there's been no definition about when they will come back. Um, it seems like Michael Porter Jr., uh, based on his own posts and videos and all this stuff, has been trying to come back for over a month now. Um, but that's just based on perception because he is putting that out there, right? Um, there's also Jamal Murray and this weird back and forth nebulousness with his injury. I'm sure this got to affect the team too. Um, it, there's just all this going on, swirling around. But what Michael Malone did last night is something that you do not generally do with a veteran team. You do not bench a veteran starting unit, uh, to make a point. I felt as it was pointed out to me by Matt Moore, Greg Popovich has done this, but there is a difference between Greg Popovich and Michael Malone. As much as Nuggets fans like Michael Malone, there is a difference between Greg Popovich and Michael Malone. And Greg Popovich won a title in his second season. Uh, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, his second season as coach. 
uh, no, third season. And that was pretty quick. And that was the second season he had Tim Duncan. Um, that was early. And then they won another title in 2003. Um, there's a, there is, you build up a cachet when you are a coach. And even before that, Michael Malone, uh, not Michael Malone, uh, Greg Popovich was a general manager, right? And he had been in the league uh, as an assistant coach under Larry Brown uh, in San Antonio. So there is layers upon layers upon layers to this as far as what you can get away with as a coach. The reason I'm bringing this up is this. This was disturbing to me because it seemed like desperation. And in a season where there is a bunch of built-in excuses, that was a very desperate move. And it bugged me. And I expressed my issues with it last night as it was a risk to do to essentially show up your team, specifically Nikola Jokic, bench them coming out of halftime because you are pointing the finger at them as the reason that they are not winning this game. When in actuality, there is a ton of factors that... that contributed to the Denver Nuggets not winning that game, not the least of which is the Boston Celtics are a good team. And I think that part and the failure to understand that or recognize that, to me, reeked of kind of a desperation that was really disturbing. Um, this was not the time for a desperate move. This was not the time for uh, to make a big gesture like this. And quite frankly, it was not the time to re to treat this team like it was a, a uh, team that is just coming up and is a developing team full of youth. This is a veteran team. You've got Zeke Naji and Bones Highland as the two youngest players on the roster, and, and Marcus Howard as the three youngest players on the roster. The rest are vets folks. And of course, after the game, DeMarcus Cousins spoke up, five players spoke up. Nikola Jokic said he didn't. Uh, I will be honest with you, I did not like Jokic's demeanor coming out of that game. He, he was solemn, and he was taking it on himself. Um, and I'll be honest with you, there wasn't a ton Jokic could have done. He could have made better shots. He could have made more shots, but that would not have helped the Nuggets. The Nuggets' problem was the fact is that boy, they were not good enough to beat the Celtics coming off a road trip where they're already got dead legs. And that is just an absolute fact. And what is increasingly upsetting, not upsetting, but disturbing to me is there is a disconnect between the way Malone perceives things publicly and the way the team comes out. There is a, they are not on the same plane here, folks. You do not do that to a veteran-laden team. You just do not do it, unless you're Greg Popovich, who has the cachet to do it. It reeked of desperation, and that, to me, was extremely disturbing. Extremely disturbing. And the next 10 games, folks, the are going to tell us a lot about this Nuggets team, and it's going to tell us, quite frankly, a lot about Michael Malone. He needs, personally, he needs to chill. Once again, he needs to chill the F out. This cannot, every losing moment, everything like that does not need to have 
a nuclear explosion. It affects your team. And eventually, it is going to catch up with said Michael Malone. Eventually. And last night, he was teetering on the brink, folks. He is teetering. That is a... a, People don't understand how unusual that is to bench your entire starting lineup like that. You, you just people who don't watch basketball very long just don't understand how what what that's what how rare that is. For, particularly for people, for uh, there are a couple players on this team, Aaron Gordon and uh, Jeff Green, who are not exactly used to that sort of thing. They've probably never experienced it and don't have that kind of experience with Michael Malone. There's a bunch of different factors going on here, folks. And the next 10 games, the next 10 games are going to tell us a ton about this team. A ton. You cannot look at this team and say with any sort of confidence right now that they are a confident team. Nor can you say that they are playing they are they they are an injured team that is having to over rely on Will Barton there are some actual things going on with this team that are they're not even excuses it is reality and it disturbed me that Malone took that tack i just i i i don't like it i thought it was a desperate move and desperate desperate moves rarely pan out but we'll see. Maybe, as we know, Malone has a better pulse on this team than said Jeff Morton does. So we'll see. We will see. I, I, don't, I don't have an actual feel about how this will go. If the Nuggets go 9-1, and 8-2 and two down the stretch, end up with 50 wins, we'll look back on this and say, okay, that was the right thing to do. If the Nuggets fall apart, I don't even want to think about the consequences of that. I, I, I just don't. There's already excuses here, but I, I, just, I just don't know. I really don't. All right, before I continue with the rest of the podcast, I'd like to talk to you about Stiffs Night Out. Yes, you know, I'm no, no, no longer part of Denver Stiffs, but Denver Stiffs, uh, partnering with Mile High Sports, is going to be doing a Stiffs Night Out on uh, March 28th at Blake Street Tavern. Yes, the big house on Blake. Uh, they're going to be doing a, uh, a Stiffs Night Out like of old. Um, there's no co co partnership with the Denver Nuggets. This is just a genuine stiffs night out like Andy, Nate and I did back in the day, uh, that you all joy enjoyed at Jake's Jake's is no longer around. Uh, so, but we'll be doing this at Blake street tavern. I hope you all come. Uh, it's a great place to kind of get together and enjoy other Nuggets fans, um, in an extreme, in a huge restaurant, um, uh, and bar that can really just go a long way. It, the game starts at five. Um, you know, it's going to be, it's a Monday game starts at five. Obviously some people won't be off by then, but if you roll in out of work, you can come by halftime and re- and enjoy the, the Nuggets playing the Charlotte uh, Hornets. Um, and you know, just watch the game. So, uh, it's just night out folks, uh, partnership with mile high sports, over there at uh, Blake Street Tavern, the big house on Blake. Uh, thanks to Chris Fuselay for helping us out with this. And uh, hope you all enjoy it. All right. We'll be back on the other side of the break. To wrap up the podcast, I've 
I, I obviously have taken up this role as resident Malone critic. Um, last night disturbed me in a way that I had not been disturbed since the bubble when the Nuggets got down 3-1. Uh, it was just, it, it just, I didn't like it. I didn't like the way they reacted. The second part I didn't, what, of what I didn't like was criticizing the fans uh, after the, uh, with all the Boston fans there at the game. Now, look, I understand. It's frustrating. I hate the fact that so many uh, people who claim to be Celtics fans, who are probably lifelong Colorado residents, uh, end up showing up to these games. And there's people who move in from Massachusetts. I hate it. Denver is a transient community. And the only team that gets um, a massive amount of support is the Denver Broncos. Even the Colorado Avalanche have takeovers of the Chicago Blackhawks um, and Boston Bruins uh, uh, fans coming in. It it just is what it is. There's a bunch of people who moved in here from the East Coast, from California. That's why we have a whole bunch of Lakers fans who show up here. And even Spurs fans kind of love to populate the arena. It is what it is. Um, what I don't like is Michael Malone taking shots at Denver Nuggets fans and his kind of subtle swipe with it being a Boston home game last night, uh, was a line crossing thing for me personally. Um, let's be honest here, folks. The Denver Nuggets fans have not been able to watch the Denver Nuggets for three years. Most of this area does not have direct TV or or even Dish, but Dish doesn't even have them on there. There is there is a reality to this, is that your own fans have not been able to watch this team. Do not sit there and take a passive-aggressive swipe at the Denver Nuggets fans. They do not deserve this. And that was, once again, emotional Malone. And I don't think the Nuggets fans do not deserve that. Um, despite what you think about Denver being a transient community and these, all these, all these, uh, people coming in from out of state who have existing, uh, fans, fan, fandoms, I should say with, uh, uh, other teams. Fine. It is what it is, right? I hate it. I, I hate that you Lakers fans, Philip. I mean, the, the two worst are Lakers and Boston fans, the, the, the two absolute worst ones. Those are the ones that just drive me nuts. And I, I understand their emotional reaction, but do not take shots at Nuggets fans. Do not do it. And that is not the first time Malone has done that. And it is now to the point where he needs to start checking himself when he gets to these post-game press conferences. He needs to do it. It had to be upsetting for Nuggets players, but the context of this is that your own fans have not been able to watch this team for three years. This is the third year they haven't been able to watch their team. Put that into context here and understand that any sort of build of fans that you have is completely, almost to this point, by illegal streaming and word of mouth. And I I just, I don't know where else to take that. And it was really disturbing to me. It was really disturbing. I have done my fair share of the legitimate taking shots at Denver, in a sense, with this obsession with the Denver Broncos. I mean, I can do that as someone who has lived in Denver his entire life. I do not, however, presume to tell Nuggets fans 
that uh, takes a subtle shot at Nuggets fans for something that like they've had no control over the last three years. And uh, there are ways you could have handled that that don't, I mean, you didn't even have to address it. Didn't even have to address it. And that just is line crossing to me that I just, I don't, I don't, I don't understand why he does it. He's emotional after games and maybe he should just get a better edit button, but you do not take a shot at Nuggets fans like that. Um, saying that it was a Boston home crowd and, and it was real passive aggressive. I mean, I'll be honest with you. It was passive aggressive to the extreme and it, the, the Nuggets fans don't deserve that because they have been put behind the eight ball over this. This is not something that they asked for, and I don't think it's something that they need to receive in return. Uh, don't do it again. Learn from your mistake here, Coach, um, because it's not impressive to take shots at, at fans. And, uh, yeah, it's annoying. I was annoyed myself, but you bite, you bite your tongue. You bite your tongue. It's just a bunch of people who are either fake or real Boston Celtics fans who happen to all live in Denver. A city that hasn't been able to watch its own team for three years. Keep that in mind. All right, thank you all for joining me on the latest Morecast. We'll be back soon with another episode. Goodbye. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.